personality, a cult of personality, a cult of personality. You're listening to 2, 5, and 10, your source for bullshit-free NHL news, analysis, and insights. Now, here are your hosts, Kevin Naughton and Ben Stewart. Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen, episode 128 of 2, 5, and 10. You know, I think I'm just going to start calling this the uh, Benjamin Weekend Review First Lady Update slash, <laughs> like, where we're all going to end up. Benny, how are you, pal? I'm doing all right. Uh, you can probably tell at some point throughout this recording that your boy's a little loopy, but... Like I said before we started, I have the full face shield on. I'm ready to go. It took a puck in the teeth, you know, spent some time in the dentist chair, would not miss the recording tonight. <laughs> um, but other than that, everything's good. Uh, coming up on a trade deadline, it's been pretty quiet. Like, I know it's still two weeks away, but you figure there would be more than just the to fully trade. Um, but Apparently, people are so worried about their cap space that they're worried about the number of days the guys on their roster. Yeah, it's getting to that to that point of the names are starting to shuffle, right? And yeah. you're seeing who's there, who's not. Um, I see a lot of buzz around Philip Forsberg in Nashville. Um, allegedly, he's on the Bruins' radar. I, I take that with a grain of salt. Everybody's on the Bruins' radar, but your boy never pulls the trigger. Well, well, the problem is Don Sweeney is not going to trade for someone unless they have time remaining on their deal. He, he, he's just not going for a UFA. Like I, I feel like Peter Chiarelli was constantly going UFA, and he, Don Sweeney's not. He, he's looking for at least a year at least two years left on, on the contract. But that ends up costing you more to get. Oh, yeah, of course it does. And, like, to me, that's one of um, the problems. And as for Don Sweeney right now, I mean, as for when Jake DeBrusque first put in his trade request, it looked like, you know, we're going to see where it goes. Now Jake DeBrusque is our first-line right winger, and he has completely shifted his way of play. Uh, like... This kid is hard on pucks now. He's going to the net. He's scoring goals. And as part of that playing with Marchand and Bergeron, I'm sure. But the other part of it, it just seems as if he's now finally starting to do the things that will get you results. And, And to me, it's like, where has this been? Like, I understand for 82 games, not everyone is going to be able to bring it every night. That, that, yeah. That's just a fact. But to completely transform your game to now you're going to the dirty areas, you're willing to sacrifice yourself to make a play, you're jumping on pucks that are where they're supposed to be. And like to me, it's like, listen, beforehand, we couldn't even get, like, you know, we didn't know if he was going to be a scratch or playing, just just off of effort. Now it's like when he shows up, it's like obviously he can be a difference maker, but it, it's the consistency part of it. And we, we did get an update that he did request his trade, but he also did not withhold it either. That um, now that he's starting to play a lot more efficiently, the Bruins said, "Oh, do you still want to be traded?" He said, "Yes." So is this going to be done at the deadline? Is this going to be at the draft? I, I don't know just on the caliber of play that we're currently getting from him. 
That's and, a, so. You would think his uh, increase in play would raise his trade value, but if I'm a GM, it's the exact opposite in my mind. Like, so you're telling me you could have played like this more consistently, but you didn't until you want out, and now you're playing like this. Yeah, so to more get out, they want you. Mm-hmm. So then, once you're traded, are you going to go back to the guy you were? So for me, I would still be very hesitant if I'm a GM to send any type of significant resource to Boston for DeBrusque. Yeah, I heard the other problems currently are other GMs are a little bit scared because uh, he's going into that restricted uh, RFA this year. So they're already roped in a 4-4 next year as the qualifying Mm -hmm. offer. So I heard that they already kind of wanted an extension locked up. And I also heard that DeBrusque is willing to even take an extension for less money than the 4-4 just to get out of town. And and lock up money no matter how he plays. Correct. And to me, I mean, on his part, I think, you know, hey, I mean, I guess it's a good tactical standpoint. But the other part for me is like, in your own opinion, the Bruins aren't the worst of organizations, right? No. I mean, I could think of a lot worse places to be. And it seems to, it's almost like a desperate to get out of town. So stirring back the wagon to the beginning of the year where you said you thought that Bruce Cassidy would be fired possibly in the offseason. I mean, is this ringing bells with management saying, why does this kid want out? Or why haven't some of these kids developed? I mean, that could be the case. The development issue, I think, is the bigger problem here. Uh, with some of the young guys, like uh, your talent's still on D in terms of your prospect depth, obviously, but Jack hasn't done shit in his granted limited opportunity. But you want a guy who's just going to come up and take the bull by the horns and just not force the team to not send you back down or not uh, reduce your minutes. Yeah, he he, he when. Marshand was out. That was a huge point for him to be able to come up and, you know, basically don't send me back to Providence. Yeah. And I think the other part of it right now, though, too, is we've looked at it. Charlie Coyle has now slid into where he belongs in that 3C role. I feel like that line with him, Frederick, and Smith has been playing very well as of late. So it's like, I don't think he's going to go in there and bump Charlie Coyle, but... When Eric Halla, who's usually a right wing, is now playing second line center, but yet again, the team or that line is playing well, I think it makes it very difficult to try and bump somebody out of the way. Like, it just, that's our biggest thing where I think it's difficult for people to find holes here or for kids to come up and stay positive knowing that. Okay, the first line's occupied, the second line's occupied. Well, right now it looks like the third line's occupied now. Like, I know that I'm not a fourth line player. Like, but I'm going to have to evolve my game to become that just to make it to the NHL. And I think that the optimism definitely hurts the kids trying to crack the big club. Well, and that's also on the Bruins if they believe in. Sonika and think, well, if he's not a 4C, we got to get him top nine minutes to clear the room for him. You can't have it both ways. You can't keep him in the minors and 
hurt his value and his development and keep the top three centers. Obviously, you're not getting rid of your top, well, top one. Yeah. Like the top one. Yeah, the top one's staying. Yeah. Hopefully. Um, So you got to make the room for him. Like, either you believe in him or you don't. Like, the Rangers did that with Heedle, where they're like, all right, we're going to give you the 3C for the last season and a half and see what you can do with it. And he, he didn't run away with it. So they're trying him on the wing in the top six. They probably open and training him, but at least they know. Like, there won't be any regrets. If he gets traded and he goes to Vancouver or something and he blossoms, all right, he's probably found the right situation. It wasn't because the Rangers didn't give him a shot. With Sonika, I feel like you guys going to move him potentially, and then he's going to get his top nine, top six minutes and develop into the solid player he is, and everybody in Boston is going to be pissed at Sweeney. Well, I think part of the problem was this, too, right? Like We dragged our feet with the David Krejci thing. Krejci ends up going to Europe. We kind of fill that void on the fly. And then it's like, okay, we did the Charlie Coyle at second-line center. That didn't work out. And then you can't just bring the kid up then. So I think part of it is if next year would have to be the year that they're fully committed to him, whether it's A, Charlie Coyle is the three C you are the two C like there, there's no denying it. Like that's the way that we're going or B, like you said, I mean, they're going to have to ship them out for say the Bruins bring in Forsberg, right? Just hypothetical. Don't know. But if they bring in Philip Forsberg, now you have your two C filled. And like you said, I mean, we're still wrapped up in Charlie Coyle. We can't just have this kid rotting in Providence. Like you got to have some sort of return on him. I, I still think DeBrusque has very limited value. I can see him going out west to a team that has a change of scenery trade. Like if you look at Anaheim, maybe Quantois goes back to Boston as part of a deal or something like that. But I don't think even with his enhanced play, he's going to bring back a person who's going to solve a huge need that you guys have in your roster right now. He's not bringing back a 2C, let's say that. No, it, that would have to be a... Uh... A package as a whole and and this is the other part right like i know we're inching towards the the trade deadline here but like say for example we want to land forsberg obviously it's gonna cost us a jake debrusque it will cost us i mean the other part is i'd like to say eric holla but holla came from nashville so who's to say that nashville even wants him back yeah. So it's like it's going to take a couple of guys to pad in there. And since the new year, we have been the second best team in the NHL. So now it's like, do you want to mess with chemistry? Do you want to alter outlook? And that is one thing that I honestly don't know if Don Sweeney and the Bruins want to do right this second. Besides the whole DeBrusque situation. Has anything changed in terms of what you're looking for? I know you guys were you were talking about previously some help on the back end with getting rid of Forbort, but are you still looking for defensive help or is everything focused on your top six? I still think that we need we need a meet for the back end. Some guy who's going to log a lot of minutes, but he's a stay-at-home guy. Um, don't really know yeah. who that's leaning to. I mean, maybe Sherrod. I mean... I've heard rumors of Chikrin. That's not going to happen here. Um, I mean, would Montreal even deal a Sherratt? That's a question that I don't know. 
I think I mean, there's a guy in Long Island that might be available that you're familiar with. I, I was going to say, I mean, for a team like ourselves that has gotten to the point of we need the meat, right? Like, like we're very small back there. We're not as big. I mean, if if it was to be called, I would not mind Zidane Chara back here. Like, I, that would be of no problem to me. That would at least beef us up a little bit. And he can yeah. play PK. He can be, you know, a 5-6 D-man for us. Like, it's not a problem. And who's to say he doesn't even team back up with McAvoy? Like, I don't fucking know. We'll, we'll see when we get there. But, um, no, I mean, I think 2C is probably the biggest thing here. But, like I said, right now with chemistry and everything going, do you want to mess it up? But the other part of it is we don't have a 2C. So when you get to the playoffs and you're playing these teams in a series, they'll wear down Eric Halla. Like, that, that's not a question. So it's just, if we are going to do it, we need to find the right fit. And I, I don't know if for something for half a year is going to be worth it in that aspect. And I know this has been mainly focused on the Bruins here, but and we'll get into weeks in review. Do you think Vancouver deals Miller? Because they're right on the edge of a playoff spot. See, this is the funny thing. They had um, uh, Bruce Boudreaux talking the other day, and he goes, if guys are asking to be dealt, or he goes, it's all news to me. He goes, everyone's coming here. They're all been working their ass off, and we're, you know, we're just outside a playoff spot. He goes, so for all these rumors and that, he goes, no one's coming here and told me, fuck you, I want to be traded. So I think in Bruce Boudreaux's mind that, no, what, what he has there is a team who's who's pushing. And for him as a coach, I mean, that that's what you want. I mean, they're currently behind Edmonton by two points. They're two points behind Edmonton. You know, they're uh, yeah, two points <laughs> out. And the other thing is Miller has term. He's not a pending free agent. So you can bring him back and deal him on next year's deadline. Correct. Yeah. I mean, you can do what is ever most beneficial for you as a team. And to tie that back to the Rangers, all over talk about Miller to New York. Two things about that. One, the first thing is that would be such a Ranger thing to do to basically <laughs> give away JT Miller and that McDonough deal and then sell the farm to bring him back. Uh, and the second thing is Niels Lundqvist has quietly asked for a trade out of New York. Um, and he's handled it much better than Vitaly Kravtsov did, but he's basically looking at the roster and saying, you guys have Fox, Truba, and Schneider on the right side. I'm not p- playing the left side. Schneider's not playing the left side. So I'm ready for the NHL. I need to get out of here. So that's going to be their top trade ship. From former first-round pick, labeled the best defenseman, not in the NHL a year ago. Still 24 years old. Right-hand shot guy. So he's going to be the top... Uh, trade ship for the Rangers at the deadline. If they use them, who knows? I still I don't think they're going to go big game uh, hunting here for forwards as everybody thinks they will. They're not getting Forsberg. He's a left winger. We do not need another left winger. We're not going to force him to play his off wing. Um, but yeah, that would my whole thing. When the more I thought about the JT Miller rumors, I'm like, we fucking gave him away. For nothing in a McDonough deal, now we're going to trade 
multiple first round picks and our top prospect for him. Like, what a shit deal. The the turnaround. It's funny, right? Um, but other than that, I don't know if you had any other thoughts about league wide with the teams. I know Eichel's come back and it's looked no worse for the wear. Um, the East, the playoff spots are pretty much locked up already. It's just the seating at this point. Who's playing where? Now, I have a question for you. With as good as we've been playing, do you think that we can jump over Toronto? I mean, currently we have uh, 56 games played with 72 points. Toronto has 55 with 74. And we've been playing some really good hockey. It finally seems like the tide has turned for us a little bit. Oh, yeah. I think once late December, actually, mid-January, when you guys started really turning it around, and Toronto still didn't build up enough of a cushion, I was like, yeah, Toronto's fucked. They're toast. Like, you guys were going to catch up to them. So I think Toronto's going to end up – in the fourth in a division. And it's funny because if they were in almost any other division, it would be the winner every year. Mm-hmm. And they just happen to be stuck with you guys, Florida and Tampa Bay. So they can't even get out of their own way in their own division. So I actually think it's better for them if they finish fourth, because then they don't have to deal with Tampa or Florida in the first round. They get to probably deal with Carolina. And I like that matchup for Toronto. Now, I have just a name for you just on the cheap as to if we could land him or not. It's a whole nother thing. But uh, Paul Stastny up in Winnipeg, I mean, not his ideal year, but at the deadline, something who's not going to cost us too much. He's going to be UFA. I mean, throw him into that second-line center spot and see what happens. I mean, a guy with plenty of playoff experience. He can also play the wing, too, if you want to move him over. I think – what. He's not. He's still productive. Oh yeah, like, I mean he has twenty three points per game. Year. Yeah, I can see that as a fit. For me, I'm I'm just going on the cheap because because I know they're not going to spend too much here. Yeah, like you can probably get him for a B prospect and like a third, second or third rounder. Yeah, and I'm I'm okay with that. I know um, Phil Kessel still floating around out there. You know, I heard. Uh, this is the funny thing, right? You know, when you hear market. So Phil Kessel allegedly has been shopped out there for a mid-round pick. And nobody's bitten. uh, Yeah, and and to me it's like something's fishy because if that's all it was, someone already would have bought. I think he's toast, man. Like, I've purposely over the last month have stayed up to watch the dreadful play of the Arizona Coyotes for at least a couple periods each time. He's invisible, man. I mean, do you think part of that's the environment, though? Like, you know, when Phil is just unenthusiastic, it's like, yeah, all right. No, I'm not back-checking. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. That could be part of it. Like, I could barely watch the game, never mind playing it. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Uh, So that could be a thing. Don't mind Kobe in the background barking at nothing. Get it, Kobe. Get it. Um, But even if you put him, like, let's say in the middle of a playoff race, the name alone, people are going to put unfair expectations on him at this point in his career. So if he's in your top nine, that'd be a good fit. If he's your first line right winger, might be a problem. Yeah, no, I I agree with that completely. I I think there could be some issues with that. 
I think that's probably the Rangers' plan C, to be honest. Like, they're going to go looking around for probably a 3C and one top six winger. And if they can't make a deal for somebody, they'll circle back to Arizona and be like, all right, we'll give you one of our fourth-round picks for them and then just throw them in and see what happens. Now, one team I, I have for you that's very interesting to me going into this deadline is the Anaheim Ducks. So this team currently still in the hunt for the playoff spot, and they have a projected Quacking their way out of it, though. They're quacking their way out of it, but they're right around 11-5 for projected cap space. So they have plenty of space to make an addition, and it's like this addition doesn't have to be necessarily for this year. This could be something that project them for next year and the future going forward, which I think is, for this team, I, I think it's crucial. I mean, they got a lot of young kids. You know, the, allegedly Raquel's going to be dealt at the deadline. Yeah. Uh, they have a lot of expiring all free agents. Yeah, so it's like, I'm just curious to see as to, like, what exactly is going to happen? Because there's going to be a whole bunch of transitioning here for this team from this year and the next year, and just the amount of space they have at the deadline. Like, I'm just, I'm really curious to see how they play it. Yeah, they said today or late yesterday that they're working and they're nearing a long-term extension with uh, Lindholm, okay, which we good. He's still a young, tough four defenseman. But everybody else is on a block in terms of free agents. Raquel is definitely going to be gone. Um, he might be a fit for the Rangers there, too, for their top line right side. That's a name that I have heard for the Bruins for the past three years. <laughs> I swear to God, every year, oh, Bruins are in a Raquel. Bruins are in a Raquel. And then when we dealt Bacchus, nope, uh, nope, didn't get Raquel. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, he's, he's that guy who's always talked about at the trade deadline. And then you look up and you're like, wait, he's only – Blank years old because you feel like he's been talked about for 15 years. Dude, he's only 28. Like, yeah. like, you feel like he's been in the league for so much longer with, the, like you said, the amount of years he's been talked about. You know who would be an ideal 3C for the Rangers, even though it's not going to happen, is Gets Laugh, man. I mean, dude, only $3 million. Like, he's on the cheap. Yeah, I mean, he's not going anywhere. He's a lifelong duck, but. You yeah, know, I think, he, I, I think if if they shipped him somewhere for one last kick at the can, he'd do it. Yeah, it's just not this year. I feel like he'll go back to Anaheim next year, and then if they're not in it, they'll be all done. I will say, we played them a couple of weeks ago at home, and fucking Getsy still got it, dude. He fucking ripped one one well, time yeah. like a bomb. I'm like, Pfft. He's not scoring much this year, goal scoring, but he's still, you can tell it. That's what I mean. That's a 3C. Our top two lines are where all of our offense comes from. All we need out of the three third line is solid two-way play. That's it. 15 minutes a night. Don't fuck up defensively and be able to chip in here and there. And I feel like Getzlaff fits that to a T. Now, I, I know we're just bouncing around here. It's the fucking ADD, but I, I think it's flowing tonight, which is good. Uh, a team that on my end... I think if they're going to do it, this is the year for them to be all in and buy in. Calgary Flames, what do you see them adding? What do you see them getting away from? I mean, they've been playing great hockey for Daryl Sutter. Yeah, and everybody talked about the fact that they would have to trade some of their long-term guys that change up the dynamic, kind of like what the Blues did. And really all they needed to do was change coaches. <laughs> well, I was going to um, say change coaches, and I mean, they, they had that L.A. Kings team, you know, 
blueprint all over them. Trevor Lewis, Brad Richardson, Milan Lucic, they bring in Toffoli. Like, th- this is like the LA Kings team's just a little bit better. Exactly. It's basically good defense and goal score, uh, goaltending, and then score three goals a game and hope that's enough. Yeah. Um, I mean, the Toffoli deal, I really liked for him. That shores up their right side. I still am not sold on uh, Lindholm as a 1C. Okay, that's fair. So I think, I know they have, on paper they're solid. You know, they have Moynihan who has fallen off, but like for your bottom six isn't too bad. And then you have Lindholm and Backlund. And then the young kid, Dubé, who's been doing jack shit this year. Everybody thought he would be a breakout player. He's been doing nothing. Um, so on paper, they look solid, but I think that would be my number two on the to-do list is potentially adding a top, uh, nine center, but I think they need to shore up the back end. I know team system helps, but you're going into potentially as the number two seed in the Western conference, having to defeat teams like Colorado, Vegas, St. Louis, Edmonton in the playoffs. And you have Tanev on your first pair with Hannafin. Gabranson's playing in your top four. Like, that's not ideal. And Zadorov, to me, has had a great year, underrated year for what he brings to the team. I know the advanced stats, which I love to harp on, uh, don't favor him too well. But when you watch the actual games, you see his role. Like, he's a solid 5 6 defenseman. But outside of that, I don't see a number one guy. Hannafin was supposed to be that is on him. I don't see that number one guy there. That's where I see Chikrin uh, as a possible landing spot, is taking a shot on him. Now, if they do bite on Chikrin or go there, I mean, they're, they're going to have to ship out one of the D at least, no? Yeah, one of the D. I think Dubé had him back the other way, too. All right, so one-on-one. And big but up I, w- I would like to say... One of my favorite new one of my new favorite non-ranger players this year is Mangiapane. I thought you were saying Kachuk. I was sold on it. <laughs> I fucking hate Kachuk, man. <laughs> <laughs> I respect the game he plays. I just can't I he just turns me off as a hockey fan. But you don't, you don't watch him make I it. love I love his game this year. Like I love watching Flames games and seeing him just fucking dart around being a pain in the ass and chipping in some offense. Now, a- any other teams, whether it be Eastern or Western Conference, you're looking at to, you know, add some depth or just or just stay the way that they are, keep the course. I mean, look at Colorado. Colorado is po- possibly the President's Trophy winner. And, I mean, it's like, it's where can they get better? Giroux. I mean, it, it wouldn't it be crazy to hear them try to land Giroux when it's like, they're just going to add him to the lineup. It's not even they were talking about selling. They were going to add him. So it's like, all right, all right here's a first-round pick. Here's a prospect. And uh, we'll worry about the rest later. I feel like Tampa Bay somehow is going to get Giroux and put somebody on long-term. Oh, my God. Like... Could you imagine that, dude? <laughs> <laughs> um, Minnesota's been free-falling. I think they need to make a move. Dallas has been jumping up. So they're not selling Kravelski. Um, I think those two teams are going to be active. The one for me, I know they almost have no shot at making a run for one of the wild card spots, 
but you know he's going to be involved somehow. Columbus. Oh yeah, the, like dude. No matter what, and and I say this because I respect the man completely in Yarmo Kikalainen. It does not matter whether he's in it, out of it, whatever. He is going to do whatever is the best for his hockey club. Yep. And if it's he needs to, the you know he has pieces. I mean, I can see Domi's going to go somewhere. Like he, yeah, he's gonna Domi's he's gonna fine. make something on that. I could see Roslavic too going somewhere. I mean, I know he's been good there, but he's going into the year RFA. I mean, is that something that they want to deal with? I, I don't know. I know they like him there. Um, Dean Kukin, I know they like him in Columbus, but you're UFA at the end of the year. See you later. And then I wonder if – I don't know if he sells line A. I just – I personally think – that he was so invested in getting rid of Dubois for line A. I just don't think the next year after he's going to turn around and trade him. I mean, the kid's still only 23. Yeah. I, I wonder, bad, too. Not every year, either. Do you think, and I mean, I honestly don't know. I'm, I'm just pondering out a question here. I mean, do you think that they would try selling Corpusalo? He is UFA at the end of the year. I could see oh, him yeah. trying to go somewhere. I mean... Mazurkalins already has the extension for 5-4 next year. So it's like, yeah, I mean, send him to Edmonton, get something out of him. I mean, that's the other part, too. Fucking Edmonton. Like, If Edmonton doesn't make a oh, move for goaltender deadline, like, they don't deserve to make the playoffs. I mean, they're not they're not in it right now. They're, they're sitting on the outside of that wild card as we speak. Which is an absolute mind-boggling scenario to be in with the talent that they have, even on defense. Which isn't their strong suit. Oh no, but but they upped it in the off season from what they were, you know. Yeah, and Tyson Berry was put on IR today too. But I mean, your boy Cody Cece still holding strong. Oh, got it. Another three years after this. Cody Cece. The only reason why he's still in the league is because he shoots the right way. It's like <laughs> shoots it's like, <laughs> it's like he's a right lefty, D. <laughs> yeah, it's like being a lefty reliever in baseball. You don't have a job until you're 45. Oh, that's great because <laughs> if he was a left hand. If he was a left-hand shot defenseman, he'd be in the AHL for the last three years. That was um, funny. The other thing, uh, I, I did have something with the Rangers, and then I fucking completely blanked on it about the deadline. Uh, let me, I'm trying to think back to it real quick. Oh, Mika, Mika trimmed his hair. Um, so there are report, confirmed reports because – the Rangers B guy went around and spoke with several teams. Was it Brooksy? No, he doesn't do work. Um, a couple of the other teams that were rumored, their B guys, who then confirmed it with their sources. Jury's not just calling around looking to add players to the roster. He's calling around because we have $32 million in cap space for the deadline. He's calling around saying, you want me to take a contract off your books so you can clear space for an acquisition? Sure, give us a first-round pick. Well, I was going to say, yeah, you guys have a whole bunch of fucking deadline cap space. Wow. So, like, we can t- we can make moves for our team now and also add a shit contract, send them to the A, and get a first-round pick on top of it. Hey, you like, got to plan accordingly. You got to plan accordingly. But, yeah, Columbus is going to be involved. The last team that I don't know what they're going to do is Washington. 
if you're in DC, is this a team that you're in on? Or are you just like, I'm not going to sell future assets. What we have is what we got. My biggest thing with the Capitals, and right now is going to kind of be the deciding factor, is what TJ Oshie are you getting back from injury? Because yeah. I think TJ Oshie dictates a lot of the play for them down there, just scoring-wise, depth-wise. He's kind of the little train that could, the way he just pushes play for them. So I'm interested to see about that. But if you are also... Washington, you you have to look at your future, and some of your things here are a little weighted, and I mean it with all due respect and all niceness. So you got Ovi at thirty six, who's still Ovi, on the you books. You mean Alexander Putin? We can get there after. <laughs> uh, like like he's thirty six right now, and you still got him on the books for another four years at nine five. You got Backy there, thirty four years old. On the books for another three years after this year, 9-2. You got Kuznetsov, 7-8 for another three years. I mean, I love TJ Oshie, but the guy's 35 years old. And, and his style again, play warmed down. Oh, yeah, big time. And yet again, another three years at 5-7-5. And then it's like just one of those things for me where I, I applaud them for when they went in. They wanted to keep this core together for a long time. And to, now you're biting the bad end of it. Yes. So now it's like, do you look in the offseason for movement? I mean, do you try to move at the deadline? Like, I, I just think that there's certain things. But everyone I just named has a no movement clause. Yeah. Or a modified one. They're not moving backstrom. It's the other guys. They'll start thinking about moving. Yeah. But I Roll mean. off. Who's next off? Um, those types. I mean, or although if they, if they want to move yeah. Backstrom, we'll take him off your hands with the first round pick and put him in as three C. <laughs> if you if you want, if you want, <laughs> if you want, we'll take him off your hands. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I know we talked heavy about Bruins Rangers about the trade deadline. But uh, do you want to go into review a little bit what's been going on the last, let's say, ten to fourteen days? Sure, we we can do a little Bruins week in review. Um. Bruins had a huge West Coast swing. San Jose, Anaheim, Vegas. Uh, We came back the other way. We ended up playing Columbus on Saturday night. Huge win in the shootout. And for us, I mean, it's just nice to win in a shootout. Like, like it just (laughs) finally, you you know, it's just, for us, it always seems to be a problem, right? Actually winning in a shootout. David Pasternak actually comes in with a huge move, like, makes a move, fakes the goalie, buries it, and you're like, fucking right. And here we go. We're playing L.A. tonight. We just get back for a homestand. We're at home for the next couple. And it's like, I I am so, I don't want to say shocked or, or relieved, but like, I'm so curious to see if we can keep up the tempo and the way that we've been playing. Like, we've been playing really good hockey. It hasn't been one game up, one game down. Like, we've been playing consistent. Jeremy Swayman has to be, I mean, if he's not Maurice Sider for, you know, the Calder, it has to be him. Like, the kid has been playing out of his fucking mind. Um, I'm trying to think where else. Let me see where else we're going back to the 14 games. So we recorded, we did the Bruins-Colorado President's Day. 
Yeah, so we went out to Seattle. We, we beat Seattle 3-2 in overtime. We beat San Jose 3-1. We go to L.A. and we fucking trounce them 7-0. Jake DeBrusque has a hat trick. Uh, go to Anaheim. We lost to Anaheim with 30 seconds left. Dude, that fucking Trevor Zegers, man. He, he has our number. Beat us <laughs> earlier in the year, too. Same thing. Uh, we go to Vegas, ESPN game, nationally televised. We played great, really good hockey. 5-2 win. Then last game of the road trip, like I said, Columbus come in 5-4. and four. Like So since January 1st, we are second best in the National Hockey League behind Colorado. And I'm hoping we're – you always say, at least in hockey or in times like these, when you start yeah, looking yeah. – well, no, when you start looking <laughs> at the playoffs, right, or the playoff race, there are games that you say, okay, we're playing. Now our schedule coming up, L.A. tonight, currently winning 2-1. to one. Like, we have to beat L.A. You go to Thursday night, we're playing Chicago at home. We, we got to take two points from Chicago. And then Saturday night at home, we're playing Arizona. Like, these are three games that, you know, that's six points right there that, that we should have. And for a team who is right behind Toronto now, like, you know, two points away, this is something that can project you above them. Like, these are games that we must win and not overtime, not shootout, win flat out. So there's no question asked. Keep the play that we've been doing. Um, Jake DeBrusque, like I said earlier in the show, and I mean, it kills me to compliment them. That first line's playing good. The second line with... Hall, Halla, and Pasternak, because I've never seen, in all the time he's been here, David Pasternak play as physical of hockey as he's played these these last four or five games. He's hitting everything. I'm like, that's Pasternak? Like, okay, like, maybe we're getting mad. Maybe we're getting gritty. Maybe Bruce is pressing all the right buttons. I don't know. The 11-12-13 line, uh, Frederick, Coyle, and Smith, they're playing great hockey. They're just, they know what their strong suit is. They're bigger guys. They play a north-south game. They're going to get behind your D. They're going to hit your D. They're going to get the puck. They're going to get chances. They've done that. And now we have Nick Felino and Curtis Lazar back. So it's been Felino, Nosik, and Lazar. And they've been playing great together too. So now it's like, I, I've said it a couple of times tonight, just chemistry. Like, do you want to fiddle with this? And that's what I don't know. Like, I don't know. And I mean, I'm all for input here. And it's like, obviously, we could say bring in a better player, bring in a 2C. But for the way that the team's playing, is it worth selling something massive at the deadline for? Uh, all right. Now, now a question to you. And I was thinking about this earlier, and I don't know how to answer it. Just off the way the Bruins are playing, not off of our roster construction, not off of anything else, just strictly off of the way we are playing hockey. From what we had predicted earlier in the year of a first-round exit, second-round exit max, is it worth it, or do you think if we get a top-notch 2C, do you still think that this team is going further than that? And against, if we're going against a Tampa Bay or a Florida do I think we're getting past that? I don't know. And I don't know if it's worth selling a whole bunch of assets in getting the same result. Part of me says you do it because why just 
kind of forfeit. Well, well, I'm not saying complacency just because how good the team's playing. You know, like if we yeah, ship I mean, out certain to the playoff points. matchup in terms of like, should we give up a lot of assets just to lose in the second round to Tampa or, or Florida? But you don't know. I'm not saying this is what you're advocating, but like you don't know unless if you lose without beefing up. You're always going to question, if we only had that 2C, we might have won that series. At least if you have the 2C and you lose the series, you go, well, now we know. You know what I mean? But if you were in our division, I would say you should go more all in. I'll put it that way. I just have a hard time envisioning you guys, especially if you finish third. Yeah, if we finish Florida and Tampa. Yeah. Just to get to the conference final. Correct. And then have to beat a Carolina or Pittsburgh or Rangers. You know what I mean? And the other part of it to me is if it is, say we make it to the conference final and it's Carolina. I'm just going off of seeding. Yeah. Carolina has our number this year. Like they've just, they're too fast for us. They blow right the fuck by us. So it's like we're not even close on that end. So it's just, it's hard for me to want to like, I don't want to sell or do anything too crazy, but at the same time, it's like we're playing great hockey. And to me, that's the biggest part. Like, don't need to throw a monkey wrench in there. Obviously, you can always add, right? But it's like I I don't want to fuck it up when we're playing this good of hockey for something that we don't know if it's going to last. And And you also don't know what Patty's doing in the offseason, so you don't want to to waste one of the final years of the window. Exactly. And I mean, that's the other part of it too, right? Like say, say we don't know, say Patrice already went to Don. He's like, Hey, you know, physically I can't keep up. This is my last kick at the can. And you're going, fuck. Yeah. I'm going all in. I don't care. Yeah. So it's like, I, I don't know. It's hard to, hard to judge. Yeah. You owe it. If he tells you that you owe it to him. Oh, agreed. There's only a couple of players that you actually owe something to and he would be one of them. Well, the Rangers side of things, uh, we'll start with our shootout win over you guys on February 15th. Um, fairly consistent winners over the last couple of weeks, kind of like how it's been most of the year. Um, they lost to Detroit, but then he followed it up with wins over Ottawa and Washington, back-to-back losses against Pittsburgh and Vancouver to end the month of February, and then March they beat St. Louis, New Jersey, and Winnipeg last night. They're on their, not West Coast, I guess, Central Road Trip. They're in Winnipeg last night. Then they're in Minnesota, St. Louis, and Dallas. Um, pretty good week of dick measuring contests here in terms of Western Conference teams. I always um, love a nice prick measuring. <laughs> but the Rangers, I mean, everybody says the Rangers are Shesterkin and nothing else, which it's hard not to be when you have the best goalie in the league. And I'm not saying that as a homer, like statistically. It's a 9-4-2 save percentage, a sub-2 goals against average, three shutouts. He's ranked either one, or two, or three in every major statistical category. So that's not me being a homer. But everybody thinks that's a negative. Like, it's a negative that you have the best goalie in the league because if you didn't have him, you would suck. Yeah, and if the Cavaliers didn't have LeBron James all those years, they would have sucked too. <laughs> like, I don't understand the point. Like, we have them. That defeats your logic. I know that mean the Rangers need to add 
hopefully t- at least two more forwards to the top nine. Maybe a, a cheap fourth line forward too, so Rebo isn't playing every night. Um, but you look at their roster, you have Shesterkin and goal. You look at their top six, yeah, could they maybe improve upon Nemeth as their 60? Sure. Is that a necessity? Not really. But you have a top four of Lindgren and Fox, Truva and Miller. Both pairs are going to play 18 to 20 minutes a night. So then you just got to backfill for 15, 12 to 15 minutes with your third pair. Um, Schneider's been great on the right side on that third pair since he's been called up. He's basically cemented himself as a top six cornerstone moving forward. You look at the forward group, you have Kreider, who scored two more goals last night. He has 38 on the season, uh, two behind Matthews for the league lead. He's probably going to crack 50 goals in a year, which is fucking ridiculous. Um, Mika's Mika. One of the best two-way centers in the league. Yeah, Panarin. Strom's having kind of a disappointing year, all things considered. But you don't move him because of that chemistry that he has with Panarin. And then you have Goodrow, who's played on every line on on the Rangers this year. Every position up front for the Rangers this year. He has a career high in goals, approaching a career high in points. And he just does everything right, as advertised when he came in as a free agent. Six years is still way too long of a deal, but year one, he's been a home run. The only issue is, like I said, we need those two forwards. If the Rangers are able to make a move or two here at the deadline and bring in, because Lafreniere has turned it around. He's basically our top-line right winger. Um, That line with Kreider and Zibanejad, um, in terms of, Expected goals for and puck possession are the second best line in hockey since January 1st behind McKinnon's line. So Lafreniere has kind of filled that hole. Kako is still two weeks away from coming back, but he's going to slide right into that spot with Strom and Panarin. And if Kako comes back healthy, I mean, he doesn't have much time before the deadline, so you got to add somebody anyway. But now you're looking at your top six might already be filled. So now the Rangers are in a position where they have to get a JT Miller. They could get a third-line right-winger, Ricard Raquel, put him in there. I still don't like Heedle as your center, so Andrew Kopp, I mentioned to you over text, like he might be a, a nice fit as your 3C, some, somebody like that. But if they're able to add one or two pieces to their top nine and maybe a fourth-line forward, why not be all-in, like believing in this roster if you're a Rangers fan? You have the best goalie in the league. This is probably going to be the best year of his career, is this year. I know he's only 25, 26, he's only 26, but this is probably the peak. Fucking run it, baby. Let's go. Let's do this shit. This is what we did with Hank. We fucked around when he was young and then didn't add guys at the deadline. And then we went all in in this last few years when it was kind of past the window and sold the farm when it was, we missed that time. Let's go. Fucking all in right now. You never know. What you're going to have next year in Shesterkin, you never know what year you're going to have at a Kreider next year. Like, don't wait. I'm not saying uh, trade Kako or Lafreniere or multiple first-rounders, but if adding a Raquel or an Andrew Kopp for a first-round pick and a prospect is what shores it up, let's do it. Because if they do that, I'll match them up against Carolina. I'll match them up against Pittsburgh. I'll match them up against you guys in Toronto. I'll match them up against Florida. And it's a 
uh, give me series in any of those. You know what I mean? Tampa Bay is a little bit of a different story. Um, Shostak would have to steal that one for us. But if you told me before the season started that at the deadline, if we added a couple top nine forwards and the Rangers would be in a position to compete for a spot in the conference final and confidently, that's two years ahead of schedule. So when you get, you're gifted an opportunity like that, as our favorite guy in Columbus would do, you push your chips to the center of the table. No, I, I agree with you. I, I think that right now is, is the time for you guys. Just off of the output that you're getting, I mean, are you ever going to see Chris Kreider this good again? Probably not. Probably not. I mean, it took him fucking 10 years to figure out to go to the net and you could tip in goals <laughs> in the league. I mean, Strom's a free agent after this season, so you never know if he gets like a big money deal and he can't turn it down. So I just think you're right. And what you're getting out of Igor, again, completely one of those things is it could his play drop off next year and now you're not having the same conversation. Yeah. And for for you guys, I agree. I think for the city, for, for everything else there, it's one of those things that will make that place go fucking bananas. Like that place is – MSG gets rocking. Yeah. And, you get playoff time there with a chance. Like, I, I think you can make a run. And now, as for a year, though, it's the mentality just as much as the talent. Like, we were playing shorthanded. We weren't playing well in the beginning of the year, and we were still finding ways to win. And that you can go back to our episodes from October and November, and I was like, we shouldn't be winning these games. We're getting outplayed. But the fact that we're winning, you see the guys looking at each other like, fuck, if we can win when we're playing this shitty, just wait till we play well. And that's what we've been doing. And we keep playing well. So there's that confidence of if they... The confidence of Ride Igor. Ride Igor, (laughs) Ride Kreider. But it's almost like that if Drury adds a a piece or two, that's just going to... The confidence is going to even skyrocket because like, all right, they're all into it. They believe in us. And this is what I was getting at with the David Quinn stuff. This is essentially, I know Shesterkin, this is his out of his mind year, but even if he's playing 75% of what he is now, this is basically the same roster that Quinn had. Almost exactly the same. The only difference is they added Reeves and Goodrow up front. Yeah. And look how much better they're playing. And it's the same guys playing better, but the mentality is completely different. If one thing went wrong under Quinn, the team was like, oh, fuck, here we go. Now it's, okay, we're down three goals. Well, good, right where we want them. I think part of that is coaching. Like you said, I mean, Gallant just always looks so fucking cool. I mean, you, you never really He's see so a guy. <laughs> no, but, but it's just funny because it's like you've never seen a guy win in fucking overtime and then scream at his best player to leave the ref alone. You know what I'm saying? It's just like one of those things of we're going to play a certain way and we're going to play that way continuously. Like we're going to be calm, cool, and collective. This is the way we're going to play and we're going to be fine. And now going forward with all of it, right? Like is it a nervousness that if you don't go all in right now, you, you said it yourself, you're two years ahead of schedule. So is it like a, 
if you don't go in right now, it's okay because you're looking for the future? Or are you like, it has to be because it just seems like everything's fucking aligned? So, <coughs> everything's aligned this year. Like, it's, an, it's hard to put into words. Like, you've been there before at the Bruins, where it's like, this is this is legit. Like, this is the team. And this is how I felt in 2014, where when we were hanging out in Boston, I'm like, I'm telling you, man, this is it. Like, this is the year we're going to make that run. And they went to the cup final. They should have won, but they made that run. I just had that feeling. And, again, all in for me isn't at trading the farm for Chikrin or JT Miller. It's if you solidify a couple spots, there's almost – no holes on a roster. That's where I'm getting at. Like if they make a move for like a four line winger and that's it, I would be really disappointed. I know we're discussing, you know, holes on the wa- roster and everything else. And, you know, Detroit may be ahead of Ottawa in the standings, but they have more goals allowed. So, I mean, I'm just going to leave that there, you know, bigger goal differential. So just planning for the future. I do think that Ottawa will surpass them. But anyways, <laughs> um... <laughs> one, one, one question about the Rangers for you. Yeah. How much stock do you put into the relationship with the – because Swayman and Olmark have like an off-the-charts dynamic. Yes. Mm-hmm. On the opposite side of the spectrum is Shosturkin and Georgiev. It's and funny because you think two Russians would get along so good. Well, it's all on Georgiev. He – since the summer has been fucking bitching and complaining about not being the number one goaltender for the Rangers. And he apparently was pouting and Gallant sent him off the rink in November. Like, get the fuck off my ice if you're going to practice like this. And the Rangers, every time they win a game, Georgiev is maybe the second, third person off the bench to congratulate Shesterkin. And when he does, it's a simple glove tap, and then he skates away to go to the locker room. And then I watch the Bruins game, and your two guys are fucking making out on a rink. I know. I love it. The, the hug. Like, what, like, besides adding those ringers, like, I need to get Georgiev out of that fucking locker room. Like, I need everything perfect for this run, and I don't need a shitty backup goaltender being cunty because he's not the number one. Well, maybe that's the the plus side, right, for Shashirkin. It's like he knows that no matter what he does, that Georgiev has been that soured by it all, that it doesn't even matter if he has four, five, six games in a row that are shitters. He still knows that he's the 1A. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I'm all for – apparently Montreal wants Georgiev. You know, Gorton's up there. Price, what's I don't know what's going on with him long term. Georgiev for Lekkonen? One for one, send it. One for one. But I need to get him out of there. And then you're looking at who's the backup goaltender. I'm okay with Keith Kincaid because I looked at the schedule. We need a backup goaltender for six more starts this year. That's it. Six more games. We need a backup goaltender to give Igor a rest and play competitively. And Kincaid did that last year with the Rangers and the year before. Well, last year with the Rangers. If you're not comfortable with him, Give me Grice from Detroit. I know he's at the end of the line, but he's comfortable being a backup. 
and he has some veteran experience. Bring bring me him. Yeah, and knowing he doesn't need much work either. Yeah, Halak from Vancouver. Let's go. Let's do it. I'm just so over Georgiev. And then when he does get the start, he gives up two shit goals in a game and then doesn't play again for a week. So now, so over his fucking drama shit. Just one other random, and I mean, obviously you'd have to deal something else with it, but if Dallas starts falling off a little bit, I mean, would you look at Holtby as just a backup? I mean, they were talking about Holtby or Hudobin, who's in the minors right now. But it, it'll, And again, it's a weird spot to be in as a Ranger fan. We literally do not care what your cap it is. We can afford it. <laughs> yeah, whatever you want. Yeah, take it. It's like, take oh, well, Hudobin, his cap it. I'm like, what is it? I don't care. It doesn't matter. <laughs> but we could afford it. I'm rich, like, bitch. <laughs> I don't even need to look at cap friendly when I'm thinking about guys to trade for. I'm like, it just matters if we have enough to get them. In terms of assets, never mind his contract. Yeah, that's the only other thing you have to think of now is like, do I really <laughs> want to give up this for that? That's all. But yeah, I mean, ship him out. If you can get something useful for him back, uh, whether that's we need to add a pick to get Lekkonen, put him on a fourth line with Rooney and Goodrow, shit, let's do it. But in terms of dynamic in a locker room, like that's what, that would be one of my top tasks if I'm jury is cleaning out that shit with Georgiev. All right, that's fair. But, all right, who do you got? Oh, well, no, not shout-outs yet. Game of the week, lock of the week. Let's go. Oh. We both won last week, so you're still winning. You're 5-1, and one, I'm 4-2. and two. Five and, I mean, life is good. Um, it, it's tough over here on the other side of things. You know how it can be. Um, lay it on me first, big boy. I want to see where you're going this week, because I remember last week we both picked the same night, which made me nervous, <laughs> but it was actually different games. So I was like, oh, thank God. All right, well... Uh, my lock of the week, I'm going to go Saturday, March 12th. I'm going New Jersey at home over Anaheim as my lock of the week. My game of the week is going to be, let me pull it back up, is Thursday, March 10th. I know you might be getting nervous, uh, but I'm going to go Tampa at Calgary. Ah, motherfucker. I knew it. That's fine. Uh, um, but yeah, I can't wait to see it mainly because just to contrast some of the best jerseys in the league with some of the worst jerseys in the league. The, that's fair. I, I will, uh, go for game of the week as well. It will be on Tuesday night. I kind of like your Rangers at Minnesota because Minnesota is a team that's battling right now and your team's playing pretty good, but this is huge playoff implications for them. So I'm expecting Minnesota and Zuccarello to give uh, the best they got. And now, the Rangers can basically, they beat Winnipeg last night, which essentially sealed their fate as not uh, making a run for a playoff spot this year. Uh, can can I... I they drop off Minnesota and then Dallas, and they basically roll through to a central division and just ruin three teams' playoff shots. <laughs> but but you know me, it wouldn't be the same if I didn't throw it another. Thursday night, Colorado at Carolina. That's going to yeah, be really I, good. I figured game. that was the one you were going to go with. Yeah, well, you, you fucked me up when you said Thursday at first, and I'm like, motherfucker. <laughs> but um, as for lock of the week, and I shouldn't go layup like this, and now that I said layup, it's probably not going to be that. My Bruins have been rolling. I'm going to go Saturday, Arizona at Boston, going with Boston. Uh, what a cheap fucking cop out. <laughs> well, you know, I, f- I figure if I'm going to go 6-1, and one, might as well make it a cheap one. All right, well, now you're going to go 5-2. and two. All right, now, the real question here is, on Sunday, March 13th, we have the Tim Hortons Heritage Classic. 
Toronto at Buffalo, 4 p.m. TNT. Who, who do you want to pick on that? Uh, I want to go with a Meteor just to get rid of any evidence of both teams' fucking Heritage Classic jerseys. I was going to say, they do not look pretty. The the Toronto, I saw the uh, the pants the other day. I think it was Wayne Simmons and uh, Kerfoot had the pants on. It's just like a big T on the pants. You're like, out of all the things you could have and like that storied of a franchise, like that's what you have, the T. Like, you, also, didn't do, you didn't do the St. Pat's jerseys. You're playing the 13th. St. Patrick's Day is the fucking 17th. You didn't even go to the St. Pat's jerseys. And the Sabres jerseys are essentially their current away jerseys. Yep, that's it. <laughs> like, there might be a few aesthetic changes to it, but it's basically the same jersey. They should have went with the Dominic Hashtag black Buffalo jerseys. Oh, spe- speaking of uh, new and updated, can we discuss uh, before we go to the next part the new NHL playoffs uh, updated logo? Oh yeah, I mean I love the fact that since the year two thousand, Gary Bettman has made it his job to take as much joy out of the league as possible. Everything has been black and silver. Every logo, every league update, everything black and silver, and that's it. Like it's so shitty, like. The- my suggestion to you was like that little shield that they have as part of the logo, like split it in half, have half of it be Canadian colors and a Canadian flag. And they only have the American because both countries have teams and then have the Stanley cup over it. And then that would have been a little bit better. Have a, a little bit of a color pop that would bring your attention to the cup and the country's flags. But this just looks like, like, I could have made this. Well, well yeah, I, I told you the same thing with the other thing. I, it looked like to me that it just looked like they took the old uh, logo and they basically just put it in HD. Yeah. That, yeah, that was all better. it looked like. I was like, what the fuck? Like, come yeah, the on, it could be better than better, that. But the logo is just so fucking boring, man. Yeah, I just, I, I expect a little bit more from them. If, if you're going to do it, just like, do it right, you know? Well, the issue is it took them 13 years to update to this, so it's going to be another 13 before they change this one. Well, I mean, we we had that past thing and that thing you sent me on Instagram where you could scroll through them, and I was like, the best one was the 2000 one. I'm like, how are we getting worse? The the 90s. Yeah, like, how are we getting worse? No no joy, man. And also, they announced that next season, the reverse retro jerseys are coming back, and they're going to do it every other year. Um, but for the, for the Rangers, they already did this, the, uh, Liberty Jersey. I don't know what else they're going to go back to, um, in terms of retro. Like, I guess they can do the one with the Rangers shields on the front and they have the, uh, shoulder stripes. I mean, maybe uh, they'll just bring back Nigel Dawes. Oh God. <laughs> that, I wonder if he realizes that there is such a long running inside joke that involves him between two fuckheads from the northeast of the united states since 2009 we've just been like nigel dawes <laughs> but, but you know what with all the money he made in russia he could give two shits <laughs> um but yeah i like the reverse retro jerseys i think some teams so they said they're going to be completely different than the ones from last year which is a shame because the avalanche should only play in those white and purple nordiques uh the, uh, those were hot. I mean, I wonder if um Detroit is going to look any less like a practice jersey this time. I wonder <laughs> if they're really going to uh, go for it. 
the devil's this the devil's one instead of saying jersey it'll just be like sweater <laughs> sweats i i wish too i mean jersey too like they, they had like they don't have the most history right like not yeah. being fucking naive but like i always thought that those green sweaters were dope i always liked the green on them like i well, thought that, that they were that. Retro. Well, so yeah, I know, that. but then they had the the black ones that said jersey on them, and I'm yeah. like, this is this is fucking soft. The Islanders, if they don't bring back the fish sticks, the the Gordon's fish. Yeah, like they need to bring that back for their reverse Russia. And Edmonton needs to bring back the uh, the the oil thing. The I, I love. Got? Yeah, I, I always love that. I always like the oil, but the Calgary bringing back the uh, flaming vagina. That, that's okay. That's okay. Bring back <laughs> the, the flame. Is what they used to call it. Yeah. Guy, right? <laughs> yeah. The the flame in Regina, Saskatchewan. <laughs> uh, but who do you got for shout outs? Shout outs this week. I have a teenager now in the house. My my baby boy Joey has now turned two years old today, so he is now fourteen in dog years. So I, I have a teenager. I was um, like, shit. Hold, I know we didn't record for a while, but how long didn't we record? <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, so. Kids are good. Big Red is good. Um, I'm trying to think who else, shout-out-wise. I mean, Cam told me the other day that he does indeed want to try out for hockey this year, so uh, I'm pretty pumped about that, so I'll have to sign him up. But Well, Cam's got to figure out if he shoots lefty or righty first. He's he's officially on the right-handed wagon. There you go. Follow the Cody CC life plan. It, dude, you know what? It, you follow that life plan for three and a quarter a year, you'll be doing I <laughs> One year deal for 15 straight years of three and a quarter. <laughs> hey, that, that's okay. Life is good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> shout outs for me. Uh, let's see here. Not too much. I got the coaster, obviously, napping uh, behind me right now, being her cray cray self as usual. Um, but I did tease this before we started recording. I, I texted you this a, a week ago, I think. So I realized that there's been a trend with the first lady. And when we talk at any point during a Ranger game, now the Ranger game has to be on before we talk. If I talk to her right before the game and then the game starts, it doesn't work. But when we talk during a Ranger game, we are now 12 and 0. That 12, includes, wow. 12 and 0. That includes games where we weren't talking until midway through the third period. The range was down by multiple goals, and they came back and won a regulation. No shit. And the games during that span that we didn't talk at all were 0 and 6. So we're keeping this thing going for as long as we can. The big test is March 19th. We're playing Tampa Bay in Tampa. If we talk and the Rangers win that game, we're riding that bitch. <laughs> so the announcement is the first lady has agreed that if the Rangers make it to the Stanley Cup final this year, she'll join an, an episode with us. Wow. All right. I'm, I'm game for that. I, a, I can't wait. A good luck charm, like a live viewing, like a game one in the Stanley Cup final, me, you, and the first lady uh, live broadcast and see if the good luck charm carries over to the final. I was going to say, if that happens, I, I think we're going to do it live in New York. Yeah. And I, I did say, I was like, if the Rangers win a Stanley Cup this year, 
the year after Hank retires. <laughs> oh my God! If I was Hank, that'd be it. I'd, I'd blow the city up. It's like Don Mattingly with the Yankees. The year after he's gone, they went. They go on and become a dynasty. But <laughs> like, listen, I'm all for obviously the Rangers winning a cup. If they happen to win the Stanley Cup this year. And we go undefeated on the times that we talk. I'm like, listen, I hope you know, September's training camp. <laughs> yeah. Like, we're yeah. running that back until it doesn't work anymore. <laughs> that's it. Gear it up. But, yeah, that's that's the announcement I wanted to tease. Potential. I mean, a lot of things still have to go right for that shit to happen. But that's the real test. We'll see what happens on March 19th, the game in Tampa. If it works out then, then I'm all in on it. All in. Uh, can I also say too? Um, can I just give a shout out to Ryan Reeves for? Uh, they had him mic'd up the other night with Steve Ott. Oh my oh, god, that was incredible. You're fucking old. What are yeah. you gonna do? Yeah. <laughs> I love what you told him. You know, you don't got no John Scott to hide behind out here anymore. <laughs> I was like, that's awesome. And the other thing is, so Reeves has basically played almost every game this year. He hasn't played only when he's been hurt, which is way even Gallant said he's like the plan was. 50 55 games for him this year um so he just through the injuries and everything else he's been playing more than expected he's slow as fuck right like it's a whole lot of man out there yeah but you know his limitations like you're not looking at him going why isn't he cycling better like it's ryan reeves you know what you're getting so there's not disappointment it's just a matter of he's only had one fighting major this year and that itself speaks to the weight he still carries like, there have been plenty of opportunities. He's been on the ice. There have been a few scrums going on. And then he just skates over casually. And then everything calms the fuck down. <laughs> hey, but you know what? Just the power of having that is huge. Because we're about to get into playoff time. Where yep. if someone wants to escalate, they know they're going to have to answer the big fella. And I think he's third in the league in hits. Which, again, you only can hit somebody when you don't have to puck. So, like... I would rather not be leading the league in hits if I'm a forward. But come playoff time, even if we make a few moves and Reeves isn't playing every game down the stretch, to be honest, I want him in a lineup every night in the playoffs. Like I want him getting his 8 to 10 minutes going out there and just fucking punishing the defenseman on a four-check. I'm and, telling you. And just leaving the ice. A little bit of fear. I mean, just... Just that alone, that time of year, alters a whole bunch of stuff, and it makes people think twice. Yeah, and sometimes that's until, all uh, you need. I can't wait till your boy Trent thinks he's a frog and leaves against Reeves some point this year. Well, Frederick this year has not really been the, the way he was last year in the sense of all over the place. And I think that that's a good thing. I think Bruce yeah, I has agree. corralled them a, a little bit. And I think now he's starting to play some of his best hockey. And could it be, you know, someone like Craig Smith kind of teaching him the ways as like, hey, you know, you don't have to do X, Y, and Z. You can get away with just this. So, so maybe it's just finding someone who plays very similar style to him that uh, yeah. has altered it a little bit. Reeves did say, like, what's advice you give to younger guys? And he's like, you don't always have to fight. You don't always have to make the big kit. You just need to know that you have it there if in, in case it's necessary. Like, you don't need to, like, that kind of translates to Frederick, how he was last year, just running around trying to prove himself versus how he is now. And it's like, Frederick knows if he needs to drop the gloves or make a big hit, he can do it. That doesn't mean you need to do it every fucking shift. 
Correct, and so he scored a goal tonight uh, towards the end of the first. But yeah, pretty good, pretty good goal for that line. Pr- pretty good goal, and the thing that I thought was interesting was this: it seemed as if every time uh, Frederick was coming to the bench, they were, you know, they would show, you know, the line sitting down, and it looked like um, Cassidy was coming over and giving it to him. And oh. on the one where he ended up scoring the goal. You know, I think it, it was part of like what we just talked about. We don't always have to make that hit. You don't always have to go behind the goal line to, you know, go through and finish that check to put yourself in a bad spot. Yeah, because like, you can't score from behind the net. Exactly. And I, I think that was just kind of it. I think Bruce was just kind of telling him, like, you got to go and find the open ice. Like, we know you can hit somebody. We know you can send a message. But go find your ice. Be open so that way you can be effective. And on that play, he he's above the circle there. You know, Smitty has a great shot on that. Rebounds out to Coyle. Coyle's able to give him a pass. He's able to score a goal. Where if he's hard on that completely, he's down at the goal line. He, yeah, he's he's below the goal line. He's completely out of it. So I think that kind of altered at least his thinking a little bit and hopefully is helping him out. If he develops into a solid third-line center or winger, and penalty killer for you. That's a hell of a draft pick. Yeah, I mean, Probably first rounder. Mm-hmm. So we'll we'll see what happens. We'll, we'll we'll lay it out. We'll see what's going on. The real so the real concern, and we'll wrap it up is you guys finish with the three seed in your division. Let's say you play Florida, you knock them off. One somebody knocks off Tampa in an upset, and then you guys go to the conference final. And it's Bruins Rangers for a chance to go to the cup. Uh, well, I hope for the for our sake, it's a Saturday afternoon in New York. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we always said if the Rangers and Bruins ever played in the playoffs in a conference final, it would be the Subway Series, one game in Boston. Uh, Subway Series. We'll have to do like two and three, you know. So it's back to back games. Yeah. Or I mean, we'll have to do six and seven. Well, I want to go seven, so I'll just say that. Well, yeah, I mean, it, 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 it would definitely go seven. I mean, there, there's no way that Shashirkin's better than Swayman. So when oh, Sway dude, keeps us there, it's going to be great. I'm telling you. Shashirkin's going to score a goal by the end of this year, by the way. Oh, to, to see uh, Swayman and Olmark do that hug after Game 7 Eastern Conference Finals at MSG is going to be well worth it. And you just see me sitting there being like, fucking Georgiev. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. See, Georgiev ruined it. See, <laughs> and the Bruins lost in the shootout to L.A. Yet again. That's what shit, I was talking man. about. Of Oh, no, it wasn't in the shootout. It was an OT. Who was but, in um, goal for you guys? Swayman? No, Olmark. Dude, Omar. Swayman's been fucking hot. Swayman has been hot right now. But, no, just, just one of those I mean, things. LA's been playing good. They're not a pushover right now. No, and, I mean, I think after we smoked them last week, I think we were uh, on their radar, which, you know, understandable. But um, this is what I was talking about with this team. We need to win games that when we're in a crucial spot like we are right now to do. And if you're wondering about um, Swayman's numbers, uh, 1.88 goals against, 9.32 save percentage. Pretty good. Yeah, pretty pretty fucking good. So, all right. Well, everybody, thank you for dealing with us with the uh, ADD episode and everywhere we have gone today, up, down, left, right. But, uh, Benny, thank you so much for joining and battling through. You know, you couldn't even tell that you were at the dentist today and had all sorts of things in your mouth. And, um, (laughs) everybody, thank you for listening. We'll catch you guys next week.
Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>